Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. So since this is called Dear Rochester Retire Well, folks, do you know who else needs to retire at some point? Your retirement planner. (laughs) Your advisor themselves actually has to retire. So today we have a special one for our experienced financial advisor friends out there. Joe, I'm going to call them experienced financial advisors. I don't want to call anybody old. They're experienced, right? Good Uh call. And our listeners, this will actually benefit the listeners as well. And it's something that has been more frequently coming up in conversation with clients, by the way, prospective clients and other financial advisors. And that is this, the advisor that has worked for 25 or 30 years is now thinking about retiring and what happens to their clients. And that's what kind of what we want to go through today. But for the listener that's not in our business, I want to give you some stats to think about. And this is pulled from a Cerulean Associates research study. They're known for their detailed research in in the financial services world. Uh, They estimate that within the next 10 years, 37% of advisors that manage $10.4 trillion of assets are expected to retire. That's a tremendous amount of money. So folks in our world, these are people that know they will retire and one out of every four of them does not have a succession plan. They have no idea what's going to happen for their clients. So if I were a client, I'd be asking that question. If I were an advisor, I'd be immediately looking for a succession and continuation plan just to make sure that my clients go into the right hands once I'm done. So let's put this in perspective. Right now, there are 300,000 plus advisors that do financial advice in the United States. 29% are between 55 and 64 years old and 12% over the age of 65. The median age in our field is 55 years old. Okay, The median age of attorney is 46 years old. The median age of a CPA is 43 years old. I was actually surprised to see that. (laughs) But uh, financial advisors as a whole are much older than other professions, especially in financial services. So the point here is our industry is going to see a massive shift in the next next 10 years. Uh, The retiring advisor needs to have a plan for themselves, their families, and their clients. And in many cases, They just don't want to deal with finding the right advisor to team with and eventually take over their business. And and I don't blame them. It's, It's a hassle. So how much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. Just so that the people know, We've been approached in the past, and Joe's going to go over this, to purchase books of business. I've had several advisors reach out to me and say, hey, Dave, are you guys looking at buying practices? I'm thinking of exiting the business. They say all this stuff. And 
I'll tell you guys this over in five years ago, we just weren't ready. Uh, we were doing our own thing. We just became independent. We started our own firm. Six point was started about five years ago and we were not ready. Okay. We are ready now. We have systems, processes in place. We have, we have all the stuff. And that is why I wanted to have Joe Prestigiacomo on the show today. Joe has developed a process for working with, we'll call it experienced advisors, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Experience. that, that, yeah, that, uh, process or, or, all of the things that you have, there's a timeline, there's frequently asked questions, you have videos, we have integrations for those advisors. Um, by the way, that covers the, not just the advisor, but their staff and employees. Uh, Joe has secured funding to purchase advisory practices and a lot more. So Joe, thanks for doing this today. How are you thanks doing? Thanks for man? having me. I'm, yeah. I'm great. How are you? Good. So I was making an outline for this and by the time I got done with the outline, Joe, I'm like, we, we probably could do like five episodes on this, but I don't want to put people through that. So we'll try to get as much as we can done now. But uh, yeah, let's talk to the advisors out there that are looking to potentially make an exit in the next, I'll call it one to 10 years. But I've had folks reach out to us that, and you know this, that they want to be done in the next three to six months. And that's okay, mm-hmm. right? And keep in mind, folks, again, if you're not an advisor, this is beneficial to you as well. It can help you make a decision in hiring an advisor, and it can help you think about your current relationship with your advisor, and it gives you a little peek behind the scenes of an advisory business. So if I'm an advisor, Joe, and I'm looking to make an exit to sell my practice, the first thing that I want to do is to get to know that advisor or the team I'm talking with. And I don't mean to skip ahead on your timeline, Joe, but I wanted to start with kind of your story. How did you get into this business and how did you get to where you are today? And there's a reason I'm asking folks. So uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go back um, to college. So when I was at St. John Fisher College, now at St. John Fisher University, um, heading into my junior year, the summer between sophomore and junior year, I uh, had an internship at a local wirehouse. Um got a feel for the business. I had an idea, or I guess I will call it a feeling that I wanted to do this, but working with that individual, it was eye-opening. And I actually had two internships at uh, two different warehouses through college. And after completing them, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And the power of being able to help people, meeting with someone, putting them in a better position. I mean, it's a very rewarding career. So once I did those, I graduated. At right after graduation, I got licensed and I ended up working with, you know, you, Dave, hired me right out of college, right? Thank you. <laughs> hey, Joe, before you keep going, I got. I want to point out one thing. You said a local wirehouse. What, what Joe means, folks, is a very large wirehouse that you've all heard of, just a local office. <laughs> Correct. So it's a big company. Yep. Yep. After college, I, you know, I started, I was young, 22 years old, um, had to start from scratch. I had no clients. I had nothing. And I had to figure out what I wanted to do. So, you know, from that time, I built something up. And like you said, it's it's progressed. We left an insurance broker dealer to be on our own, to have our own RIA. And it's, you know, being able to do everything you can for your clients under the sun without having restrictions, having goals to Hey, you need to bring in X new clients this year, or you're not going to get a higher payout, things of that nature, being able to run a business the way we want to and truly help your clients without just selling them something to hit your goals and get more money. So yeah, starting from scratch, really learning the field, 
really working with a lot of people. That that's my timeline. And like you said, Dave, a few years ago, we probably weren't ready. We were being approached and people asked, like, can we work with you? Or, you know, have you do you want to buy us? And maybe it's a blessing in disguise. We weren't ready yet because I feel like over the past six, 12 months, we've gotten things in place ready to roll. And we are, you know, getting approached now. And I and I really see this ball rolling very quickly downhill to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh I think one thing that people appreciate is when folks have approached us in the past, they they I mean, the first thing that we do is you you have an intro meeting. So I want Joe to yep. go through his timeline. And that's the first thing on there. But during during that intro meeting, one of the things that I constantly get asked or consistently asked, I should say, is how'd you get started, Dave? And I think what the advisors are asking is, did you have to go through the grind that we did? Oh yeah. And, and because it it's comforting to know that things weren't handed to you. Yeah, I, and, you're right. They do. I think that's why they ask because mm-hmm. they want to make sure they're just not handing it over to someone who inherited their parents or relatives' practice, and they pretend to know what they're doing, and they didn't <laughs> put any time in. Right? You didn't put in any blood, sweat, tears. You didn't. You didn't do the grind. So yeah. when we tell them that, they're like, "Oh, okay. All right, we can keep talking. Let's right. keep." Hearing. So yeah, and uh. And- my my grind, Joe, and then you can go after me, I guess, was and it's, I know it's similar because you came into the business with me. But the when we started, we had no we had no clients. We had the reason I chose the firm that we did, which was Axa Equitable at the time, was because they had a niche market starting that went out to public schools. And mm-hmm. the advisors out there know this. We can get a job anywhere, pretty much, at a financial firm in about five minutes. So I, I think I had a bunch of offers. I chose Axa Equitable because they had that 403B team. That didn't mean it was easy. Uh, we had to go out and open up school districts, get our name on the list. I think I was driving fifty or sixty thousand miles a year for the first four or five years. I mean, I, you, you know, Joey, I know your story is similar, but we'd be meeting with the the night custodians to set them up for a 403B, and then we go to the bus garage, and then after that we'd go to the high school. And then I'd go to the elementary school lounge for a visit, then back to a bus garage and then after school. And then, then we'd have night appointments, two, three or four of them at four o'clock, five o'clock and seven o'clock. And I'd get home at 10 or 11. And this was years. And it's yeah. funny, it goes fast, but when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's brutal. Also, I, I've been, I've said this a lot, like I had hundreds of clients right away. I worked 80 to 90 hours a week and I made $14,000. That was a year. Like I remember when I could put my debit card in a gas machine like at the gas tank and not worry about filling in 50 bucks because I was always worried about yep. going broke. Like I think those are the stories the advisors actually like to hear because that means you've built it from scratch and you've learned and we've come this far and here we are Joe on a famous podcast. Like of course. <laughs> so top, anyway, top 5 Yeah. And you learn and you get better. And we went through all the stuff at the insurance broker dealer. We went independent after that. And eventually you get to your own business with six point financial partners and we're doing all this stuff. And that's not the point of today. But one of the things that we're doing is actively pursuing practices to buy again, because we are ready to do that. So Joe, when when you started, what's like your, uh, if you can think of one, if you can't think of one, we'll edit this out. But if you can think of one story that talks about how hard it was at the beginning or how you were just thrown into it that it, that would resonate with an advisor that's been around a long time. What can you, can you, can you think of anything off the top of your head? 
So I think it was like my second or third meeting because, you know, you would you ran a couple with me because I was trying to break in, not break in, but get into the Greece Central School District. District That's where I grew <laughs> up. And um, I had a meeting with someone and you said you were running late. I said, OK, you said head in. OK, I was heading in. It was probably, you know, a couple meetings into my career and you sat in the parking lot and waited for me to come out. I called you and I was like, Hey, I did it. I um, was able to get this person as a client. I signed him up and you said, good. I knew you were ready. You're all set. I was like, that, that's it. That, that was, that was it. We, you not you don't keep helping me. You're like, no, I'll help you. But sometimes you got to learn how to fly a little bit on your own to that's realize so you could do it. I still remember that. It was an elementary You know what was building. important to me, Joe? I, we never talked about this. <laughs> I, I didn't want to, because it was a morning me, it was like seven in the morning, right? It was in Greece. And I'm like, I, think so, I lived yeah. on the east side or something. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Greece. But I showed up. I was in the parking lot intentionally so that when you came out, you knew I was there. <laughs> it wasn't like my manager's <laughs> skipping on me, right? So I didn't skip on you, Joe. And I'm glad I, I threw you out there because uh, once you do that and you get the confidence, you're ready to go. And, and I guess another point is we've all had those appointments where it's like you drive an hour and it's seven o'clock at night in a blizzard. And mm-hmm. then the people aren't home or they don't oh. show up. Like we, we all went through that. So anyway, Joe, the point of all of that is to the advisor friends out there, uh, we understand and appreciate that grind. And eventually when the income goes from 14,000 to 42,000 to 80,000 to 150,000, whatever it goes to after that, which the advisors understand out there, you can look back on those times and, and uh, appreciate it. One other thing real quick was, uh, when I became a manager at AXA Equitable, I used to go around the country and I'd speak to different teams. And I used to have my calendar with me. I actually still have my calendar with me from my first year. And I would have someone on that team. I'd say, hey, pick a week. Pick any week you want in 2004. And they'd always pick like July 4th or between Christmas and New Year's trying to fool me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you open up to that week and it's like, yeah, I had uh, 26 appointments that week. I set up 16 people for accounts. I had 200 phone calls. I drove 1,000 miles, and I did this, 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 and this. And uh, it's funny now because I'm like, man, there's so much smarter ways to work. <laughs> but, yeah. but we did it. So anyway, that's enough on that. So uh, taking us to where we are now, Joe, we, got, we have a timeline. So when an advisor meets with us that is looking to potentially sell their business, Walk us through that timeline and we'll just highlight some of the points and then uh, take it from there. Yeah. So, you know, there's always that first meeting, right? So we always say when you meet someone, we're going to buy a practice or or have an experienced advisor who wants to work with us, right? It's like dating. So you want to be able to meet them, get a feel for them because this person is going to take over your business and your clients become family. A lot of your clients, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of clients that I would consider very close friends now. So you don't want to just hand them over to someone who, you know, could just be crazy, you know, <laughs> and then it just ruins your reputation, right? You don't, you don't want the rumor mill to start. Joe, did you have so, a bad dating experience? No, Look, I did not. I'm kidding. Joe's married, happily married with kids, <laughs> whatever. <Go ahead. laughs> um, so the first meeting is is definitely just feeling someone out and- you know, we meet with them. We keep it very open, 
very basic. We don't like to get into the details, you know, how many clients you have, how's your book set up? Because that's, I think that's too early to really figure out. You want to know the person first. Mm -hmm. So that first meeting, some, I mean, we've had them as long as like three hours, right? Oh, yeah. And they just, you just talk and talk and talk, you know, just like a first date when you meet with someone and it's just like, oh, you hit it off and you just go, 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 go. Right. You realize, oh, wow, we're the last ones in the restaurant. Gotta get well, out. We here. have a lot in common, right, Joe? So like yeah. you meet with an advisor that's been doing what we do. Like I'm, I'm in my 20th year. It's not like I just started. I'm, I might be an experienced advisor myself. Like yeah. it's, it's, uh, you have a lot to talk about. It's fun, but you're totally right. I've had people come in and they're like, hey, I've got a, 160 clients with $72 million. How much money can I get? And it's like, that, that's great. Obviously, this person might be serious, but it's uh, <laughs> it's more, why don't we get to know each other and see if this fits? Uh, maybe there's a certain niche that we work with or that you work with. Like, There's a lot more to talk yep. about than j- to get right into that. So the first step is definitely an intro meeting. Are we a good fit? Because you're going to be doing a lot of work together for at least, most of the time, at least a year. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because it would probably take a few months to transition, mm-hmm. which we'll get into. Um, and then you're going to want to stick around for some period of time. So, yeah, you're at least a year. You're going to be spending, spending a lot of time with this person. So, we'll have our intro meeting. We'll, you know, finish that up. And what we will usually do right after that within a day or two is, hey, you know, it's great meeting you. Uh, it's great to catch up. Let's reconnect before we do. You know, here's a non-disclosure agreement this way. Anything we discuss is going to stay between us, these two parties. Um, we don't want anything out there. We don't want your business out there. We don't want our business out there because if it doesn't work, oh, well, right? right. If it's just not a good fit, oh, well. If it's yep. a great fit, you know, it's staying here. So that's where we'll go after that. And then that second meeting is where we'll get a little bit into those details. Not so much the money. We'll get into the money a little bit, but you know, I guess it's more the operations. How how do you work? How do you how do you run your practice? What are you guys doing? You know, because you could just tell, like you said, Dave, you could just say, Hey, I got $72 million. I want X. Oh, okay. But are you meeting with these people once a month, once a year? You know, who's doing what? Who's running the behind the scenes? How does this work? Because, yeah, you could have a bigger book, but if it's you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, I don't know. That might not be the best fit for us. It might not. You know, you might want somebody else who's going to keep doing that. So yeah. let's talk about how your business is operating and and what is going on behind the scenes. Have that meeting. Then we'll start getting into, a, you know, that third meeting your vision. How how do you want this to go? How is your book broken down? You know, all all those good things. This way we can make sure that it's going to be a smooth transition because it's it's not just you transitioning, it's your clients. A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, you're uh, to back up a step here. And for the advisors listening, you guys know this. We we have a six-step process, right? And most of the time when you have like the intro meeting and then the gather the info, like 
that kind of happens in the first meeting most of the yeah. time if it's a good fit. So <laughs> it's same thing here. But the questions I start to get are, hey, will you guys take on my staff? Hey, I've got a junior advisor that I pay X to. Um, my vision and my goals for this is I just want it to be easy for me and I want it to be easy for my clients. Right. Um, but the practice and how we work also gets into how we work. So highlights from that have been advisors that have seen our review process, our scheduling, our communication. How do we reach out to our clients? Uh, we, we, we do video stuff. We've got this podcast that you're listening to right now. And we've got systems and processes in place for the reviews. And we have several ideas on how to integrate that into someone's practice. Or by the way, you don't even have to. If you're doing awesome and all of your clients are managed and and, and everything's taken care of and it's a well-oiled machine with an employee, why would we screw that up? You yep. wouldn't. And and by the way, I've heard Joe and Joe knows this. We've seen several people that are worried about an employee. Hey, will you make sure that you take care of Kathy? Wh- whatever. Make sure Kathy comes with, like, is she part of the deal? I think in most cases, the advisors that are buying the practice are crazy not to keep that common link in the person working. Unless something else is going on that we that you don't yep. know about, but like you, you almost have to keep those employees as part of the business, right? I think it's typically, like I said, crazy, crazy not to. One other thing is right away, Joe, we've had we've had advisors that reach out to us and they have a hundred percent of their book of business in alternatives, mm-hmm. right? So like that, that I mean, great person, fun meeting. That's just not going to work because. Right of the compliance issues and running an RIA and all of the stuff that you have to do. It's uh, just not worth that risk for the advisor to take that on. Right. So those, there, there are things very quickly that you can figure out if it makes sense or not to continue down that, the timeline. So when I mentioned the financial planning process that I'm sure most advisors have, Joe has a nice PDF timeline that he's made that, that that's actually what we're talking about right now. So if you want a yep. copy of that, just reach out to us. So keep on going, Joe. Sorry. We're on, yeah, we're on uh, your vision, right? <laughs> Yeah, the vision. Um, once we kind of get through that and um, you know figure out how that's going to work, we get the game plan together, the integration plan. So we have the staff and we have the bodies here to help with it because it is going to be probably chaotic, little chaotic, right? That you're changing because you're used to just you know whatever you've been at the same broker dealer or the same firm for ten years. You haven't changed anything. Mm-hmm. And do you have to repaper? Do you not have to repaper? Do you have to change this, change that, these funds, whatever it may be? You know, we want to make sure that this is going to be as smooth as possible. And you want to get that out before you want to get this kind of, I mean, kind of built in with the vision, but you want it put together so the advisor knows, hey, this is how it's going to go. So when this does happen, they can relay that information to their clients. Hey, this is what you can expect. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. This is the team we're working with. Um, this is the group. This is how it's going to go. And you want to be able to also communicate, you know, the, the senior advisor, the experienced advisor, I'm sticking around for X time and my staff is sticking around as well. Um, because it's, again, like we said, it's not just the experienced advisor and their staff. It's 150 households or 300 households, whatever it may be, who are also going to be affected. So we want to make sure it goes smoothly for everybody um, during this time. Joe, every firm says they help with the transition. Yeah, I, I know. They all do, right? <laughs> so so it just 
I, I'll take that one because now Joe's laughing. We personally, when we said we weren't ready before, now we've got operations people, we've got virtual staff, we've got the whole thing set up. Like, um, I have a friend who's considering joining our firm. They probably will. And I told him, hey, w- when you work with us, like I will sit there with you, with our ops people to make mm-hmm. sure that like literally in person, we'll make sure all of the clients that you want get moved over as smoothly and cleanly as efficiently as possible. So everybody says that, but like we are willing to actually sit there with you if you need that to make sure that every single piece of business that you're working with and every single client account is tracked, made up for and, and taken care of. And your job is to call the clients and push the buttons the job of us on the op side or the advisor side is to make sure that you have that cleaned up again, quickly and as efficiently as possible. We actually, I just did a podcast on this, Joe. I'm not sure how much later this episode will be released, but I just did one on our onboarding process. Yep. We even have a client onboarding process that starts with intro to team, get you logged in, follow us on here, subscribe to the podcast. Let's make sure you link your bank accounts to the front. Like all of the details are covered and the things are covered as part of our process again. So I think that goes along with the integration plan, but yeah, everybody says they'll help with the transition. I've heard it a thousand times. Uh, We would actually be there in person and be accountable as part of, I would say part of the deal or the offering. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. What do you have next? Um, Facts and figures. As much as uh, this advisor loves all his clients at the end of the day, I'm sure they want to make (laughs) sure they're taken care of as well. Right. Um, They themselves, right, Joe? The advisor yeah. themselves. That's what you're talking about. Correct. Yep. Um, make sure that's all figured out. How are we? How are you going to get your money? Yeah. When's it coming? How how much is coming? Is there a chunk coming now, and then another chunk in six months? Do you operate out of a different state? So maybe we could structure it differently, where you have no state income tax. So mm-hmm. can we get more money out quicker than if you have a state with state income tax? Um, so getting that all hammered out so it's efficient for the experienced advisor mm-hmm. who is leaving because yes, you can get a large payday, but if it's going to get chewed up by taxes, which again, we can't dodge them all, but if we could do it in an efficient manner and get it to you, like at the end of the day, what do they always say? What's the quote? It's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So Joe, you're uh, one thing that I'm not sure you're going to bring this up is the, if an advisor gets a check or two checks or three checks, like, it makes sense and advisors understand this to maybe take some one year, maybe some the next year and some the year after you spread that out. And also it can be taxed as capital gains rather than ordinary income. So there are ways to structure a deal. And I'm sure the advisors listening know this so that you are taxed at capital gains rates, which are currently, we don't know what's going to happen, currently lower than ordinary income taxes. And that on a, call it a million dollar deal, guys, do the math. Versus ordinary, it saves $200,000. Yeah, it's a 20 point difference. Yeah. Right. So that can be a big deal on how it's structured. I won't get into that too much. That that is on our FAQ list. Like, guys, Mm -hmm. show me how this deal is structured so that I can save a bunch of money. One other thing I wanted to point out with this is I consistently hear broker dealers, and I'm not picking on them, it, it seems to be working, offering two to three times for their business. Um, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying like internally, if you're getting two to three times for your business, 
and you're at a broker dealer again joe i, I it a lot of times comes out of the money but it's <laughs> it's like don't settle for that not because it's two to three times but because hey listen i don't have to repaper and i'm going to get two and a half times my revenue i'm good it may be worth looking at the outside, finding a real team to partner with that goes through the processes. They have the systems. They make it fun, by the way. And you can get paid either the same or more, right? Also, there are ways to structure it so that a lot of advisors that I've talked to, and again, I wish I could go back to the folks that have now sold their business, Joe, and, and talk mm-hmm. to them today. But uh, one of the big concerns is what about that? I'll call it the lotto ticket. Hey, I've got this life insurance sale that's going to generate me $300,000 of revenue. But that's not going to happen for like two more years. Like if that I mean, you can build that in if you're talking to a reasonable team. Like you stay on as a consultant, you can stay on as other like there are ways to build that lotto ticket sale or if you find new clients, right? Joe, in the process, yep. you're out in a year mm-hmm. and a half. We can build it in so that you still would get paid for those clients that you bring in if if it's structured the right way. Correct. Yeah. Well, and, and and on your previous point, you're saying the broker dealer doing internal sales. You see most of the time it's W-2. They give you W-2 income when they buy you out. So some of the wirehouses be like, yeah, we'll give you two times revenue. By the way, it's W-2 income. So you're in you know the upper 30s, low 40s, depending on the state you live in, maybe even 50%. In taxes, mm-hmm. and you have to stick around for X years, and so does your team. Otherwise, your deal falls apart, and you owe the money back. So, yeah, that's not going to work. The uh, yeah, that's but like you said, yeah, that those are some of the concerns people have, and that's why you have to look outside too, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Well, another reason to look outside is if you're at a captive firm right now and you're listening to this, um, let's say a large nationally known wirehouse. Your business is worth a certain amount. Whether you wanted to admit it or not, it is. They own the client. You're at a 40 to 45% payout. And that means you are not the majority shareholder of your own business. Right. No matter what anybody says, if you're getting paid 45%, someone else is getting paid 55%. They are the majority shareholder, right? So in that world, your business is not nearly as valuable as if you actually left that place built it for two to three years, and then sold it to an RIA. Mm -hmm. It is worth exponentially more money on the outside than it is internally, even with certain programs that certain firms are offering right now. Correct. And we hear it all the time. Like, yeah, I I get a 45% payout, but I have no fees. It's like, your fees are 55%. Yes. Like, And if it's a big business, I've said this before, Joe, if you're making a million dollars, if you're generating a million and you get paid 450,000, if I can't find you an office space and an assistant for $550,000 a year in Rochester, New York, that's a problem. Yeah. Or in any other. Pretty much any city. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, But yeah. So like those folks that are in those warehouses, if they're considering leaving one year to 10 years out, and it's not my job to consult these folks, but not that it's free advice. These guys know what they're doing, but it's Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you get out of there? Have your team multiply your business value by exponentially and then sell it. And by the way, when you leave, you'll probably get a check to leave. Yeah. So um, anyway, sorry, that was a total tangent, but uh, it's part of the facts and figures. Like when we're valuing a business, if somebody came to me from a company with a bull on it, for example, 
I'm not interested in that business versus somebody that came over if the same deal from somebody that owns their own RIA locally. I'll take the RIA all day. Nine competes. Yep. They're getting paid the right way. It's easier to transition. They own the relationship, all that stuff. So it that definitely, the reason I bring this up, Joe, is I'm looking at the facts and figures on the timeline. That yep. is a really important consideration. So sorry to pick on those guys. <laughs> so, yeah. and then last is getting, you know, like you're saying, you could, you can work in those whale sales or the, you know, Hey, this one's coming in two years. Okay. We could always work those in, but once we get the facts and figures out of the way, everything's agreed to, it's all legal, it's all binding. Then it's, you know, it's game day. It's time to go. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's get you transitioned. Let's get everything moved over. And hey, let's have some fun, you know, doing everything mostly electronic these days. You know, it's probably not like how it was 10, 15 years ago where it's all paper and you're FedExing things out or you're driving around, putting a ton of miles on. I mean, think about it these days, especially after COVID, I would say the ability to do things electronically has I mean, it's just a lot easier to do it that way. It, it it came up so quickly and every every business adapted. And it's like, okay, well, now I could just call your client. Hey, this is what's happening. I'm going to send mm-hmm. you a DocuSign. Done. Yeah. And there's uh, it's funny you say, because I mean, obviously we've gone through that. And the folks that you don't think can do the DocuSign, they can do it, guys. Like, Of course. My, yeah. my, my lady, Martha... Who, who I don't even know if she doesn't listen to a podcast, so I can say it. <laughs> she <laughs> let's let's just say she's 96 years old. Guess what? She docu-signed totally fine. She had it figured out. And I did have some folks that had to have like their adult children help them out. But guess what? Once we walked them through that process and then did the on- re-onboarding for those folks, their adult children became clients if they oh, were yeah. a good fit for us. Like there's stuff that you find during this process that you can then get paid for if it makes sense. So Correct. It's not always a bad thing. You hear transition and it's scary and it's never easy. It is some work, but for the final payoff and all those things, it makes sense. So, Joe, quick, quick recap of the timeline. Just read the titles and then, again, we'll send the PDF to anybody that wants it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start right off with the intro meeting. That's step one. Sometimes the next step, our practice, how it works, kind of gets merged into that one or that second meeting will you know, we'll go over how your practice works. After that, third meeting, usually your vision. How do you want this to go? What's your ideal scenario? If you could lay everything out to go exactly as planned, how would you want it to look for you and your clients? The next time we get to back together, how are we going to make this happen? What is it going to look like? That's the integration plan. Finalize the facts and figures next. Make sure everything's laid out with a term sheet. How are you going to get your money? You know, are there any escalators or anything else we could add in there to get you more money? And then the last step is, you know, just making it happen. It's game day. Yep. I like it, Joe. So one, one more thing I wanted to mention, and then we'll uh, let the listeners go here, is another reason I think we weren't ready. I don't want to say we weren't ready because of this, because we had a good-sized firm. But if I were an advisor selling my practice, and I have... billion under management. I would not sell it to a firm that has 20 million under management, right? Like (laughs) you probably want to sell it to a firm that has processes, systems, again, they're ready. And that has a team that can handle the things that you are looking for. So Joe is 
ready to basically buy businesses right now. Again, we have a, the, the firm is ready. All of the things are in place. Uh, he's got the funding ready. And Joe, I want to end with this. We'll, we'll call it a teaser into the next episode. But uh, again, Joe has a lot of pieces and material. He's even got one of those uh, uh, explainer videos on how the process works. Um, and we're working on some other stuff. But we also have a frequently asked question piece. And we answered a lot of those questions during this podcast. But some of them is, do I have to repaper? Right. What is the true value of my business? Mm-hmm. We'll tell you. How fast can we go? This is a question that I've had before. I've also had advisors say, how long? How long can we let it go or how slow can we go? And, and then the big question is like, how much money am I going to get and how do I get paid? That's the big mm-hmm. one. Like at the end of the day, if you find the perfect firm and they're going to pay you $300,000 and you find a firm that's okay, but they're going to pay you $3 million, in my experience, the advisor will take the one that pays the three million. <laughs> Joe's laughing because we've seen it, um, but it's just the truth. So you want a fair valuation from uh, from the out the third party, right? And uh, yep. you want to take those steps and have those questions answered. And that that frequently asked question sheet is much much longer than that. So, folks, I'll leave it there for now. We're going to pick it up on the next episode with the same topic. Joe, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. If you have any questions, reach out to us at info at six You can find. Me on LinkedIn under David Pulsini or Joe. Good luck spelling Joe Presta Giacomo, but you'll find him on there. I think he's the only one, CFP. And uh, that's it. Joe. Joe's laughing at me. 13 letters, right, Joe? 13. Put it together, folks. So, all right, make it a great day. We'll talk later. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.